Coming up, we're into week three of our six weeks of serious soft skills strategy. This week, we're going to talk about how you put soft skills in your resume and cover letter to dramatically improve your chances of getting the job. All that and more in just a few seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, episode 28. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me is my co-host, Bob Graham. Today is the third week of our series to start 2018. We're calling it six weeks of serious soft skills strategy, and we're really digging in to how soft skills can be a catalyst in your job search. In episode 26, we told you about an ebook we wrote that's available for free download with a coupon code we'll give you later in the episode. The book, The 55 Soft Skills That Guide Employee and Organizational Success, is the first and only comprehensive list of all 55 soft skills that employers and employees are using in the workplace. The book gives examples and offers a springboard for thinking about soft skills in your job and in your organization. In a couple minutes, we'll tell you how you can download a free copy co-authored by us. In episode 27, we talked about how soft skills can help employers find the right candidates and how potential candidates can articulate their soft skills to become better candidates. That brings us to this week where we're going to explore how to get soft skills into your cover letter and your resume. Bob, can you start us up on that? Sure. I'm going to make a bold pronouncement, Toby, like I often do. I mean, after all, it is the six weeks of serious soft skills strategy, so we need to have some bold pronouncement. And my bold pronouncement for today is that we approach cover letters completely wrong. We do it all wrong. Okay, so let me explain why. First of all, most of us, when we write a cover letter, just list what's in our resume. We go line by line and go, uh, you know, I'm an accountant too, and before that, previously I worked here, and previously I worked here, and we give the list. And why would I read the resume if you gave me that list in the cover letter? Plus, it's rather boring in the cover letter because, you know, the resume, at least you can bold things and highlight things and italicize things and have some white space. So at least it looks pretty to a person. So I would argue that what we really want to do in the cover letter, especially in the middle paragraph of what I like to see as a three-paragraph cover letter, really short and sweet, is match what we have in our reservoir of what we've done and what we do and what we like doing, what we're passionate about, with what the employer is looking for. Finding that happy middle ground, because too often we as job candidates, and I've done this myself, I'm speaking from experience, put, I did this, I did this, I did this. You figure out where it fits into your organization. But as we talked about a little bit in our last episode, in episode 27, that doesn't work because the employer is really looking at ways to eliminate candidates when you're getting 100, 200, 300, or I've actually talked to a couple of people that get 1,200 or 1,600 applications. They're looking to cut that list, like you said last week, down to as few as possible to narrow the the bounds. So if you don't make it easy for them to include you, you make it very easy for them to exclude you. So focusing that cover letter on where you fit, where they're going, understanding who and what they are, and also bringing to that cover letter what you're passionate about. You know, if you're not passionate about a job, you probably shouldn't be applying. You should really want to go someplace, especially if you're more senior. If you're in your 40s and 50s 
you know, late 30s, you need to go to a place you love. Just having a job isn't really fun. We've been there, not so great. Having a job you love opens the door. And so I think part of that finding a match, an overarching theme for your career is also helping them understand what makes you tick and why you're the person that they're going to put their faith in. And when I say that to people, they go, what do you mean? I'm like, when someone hires, think about it from the, from the employer perspective, you read a cover letter, you read a resume, you might do a 5, 10, 20 minute phone interview, then you bring the person in. How long do you get to really talk to that person? Maybe an hour. If you're really lucky, two hours because you have lunch with that person. So based on four total hours, you've got to decide if this is the person that's going to help you be better than you were before. Now, if I said to you, Toby, I, I want you to pick a spouse based on that criteria. You have four hours. You would tell me there's no way in a million years I would do it. And I would argue that work for many is as involved as being with a spouse. The hours of commitment are very similar. So we have a system that's just wrong in how it approaches it. So if we as the job candidate say, hey, I want to figure out how to make it easy for this person to put me in a bucket that's a good bucket for me in this case, it's going to help us. Bob, I think uh, when you start us off and you talk about that passion, um, and you're right, I think it's often we don't realize we need to articulate that in the cover letter. And I don't want people to have the impression that, well, it's not that you aren't excited about the job. Because if I talk to a per person one-on-one -on -one and one of my students who's applying for something, that, oh, I really want to work at that company. It's so cool. They're growing. They're doing all this great stuff. They're uh, environmentally conscious. It's exactly where I want to be. Where is that in your cover letter? Where is that excitement? Because if you can articulate that in your cover letter, they're going to want to talk to you. That's and, a great so example. It's just hard. People don't realize and until you sit on the other side of that desk and have to find that best candidate, and and you're right, I when I'm going through the big stack, I'm looking for a reason to throw this resume away. So please put a typo in the first line because I will throw it away immediately. You know because I know that you have no attention to detail, and I cannot hire. I don't can't afford to hire a sloppy person. So although that sounds trivial, I've got hundreds of resumes. I need a reason to pitch it. Please. Please do that for me, and we'll move on. Now, for those of you that really want to come in, help me understand your excitement and why, why you're full person. Because when we hire these days, especially here in the United States, we're looking for people to really engage with their workplace. So we're getting the whole person. We're getting their passions. We're getting their strengths. We're getting their weaknesses. And you're going to hear those questions at the interview and say, tell us what your biggest strength is. Because they're going to turn right around and say, oh, and please tell me about your greatest weakness. Right. You don't need to spell those out in your in your cover letter, but that's what they're going to try to unfold is we want the we're hiring a person, not a computer. Can I give you an example, Toby, with with my cover letter approach? And uh, so let's say I'm applying for a job as a manager. So I would explain in that cover letter that I've held various management positions. I would not list them all. I might highlight one. And I'd say these positions have allowed me to build on my leadership skills. I've managed teams, including uh, teams that were building websites, new initiatives, and even a few startups. In all these roles, success has come from my ability to encourage collaboration among team members while we seek to lead change in the organization. Now, that sounded like I wrote that, right? Because I did write that before this episode because I wanted to have a, a coherent thing. But you can see in that example, 
I'm not just telling you what I've done. I'm telling you what it's led to. Collaboration. I've mentioned startups. I've mentioned websites. I've mentioned new initiatives, which means to a person reading it, hopefully, oh, wow, new initiatives. They really trust him because we don't give new initiatives to people that we don't trust. There's, there's a gamble there, and you want to put your best person on that gamble. So new initiative says a whole lot more than just those two words. And so I'm being very strategic. And notice I close it with that sentence in all these roles. Success, which is what organizations want, right, has come from my ability to encourage collaboration. I was a catalyst for collaboration among team members while we seek to lead change in the organization. So I'm really trying to sum up what I delivered to them beyond the technical requirements of the job. Now, I just made that one up with a management situation. It wasn't from a real resume or from a real job posting. But if I had a real job posting, I would be looking for it, trying to synthesize it in a way to say, okay, what do I have that matches this job that I can apply in the cover letter? And I would also carry it over to a telephone interview, the actual interview. These things that I would be talking about in that cover letter can, can be what you're really focused on through the entire process. Because we know, look at advertising. If you hear the same message enough, you start to believe in it. You know, Geico takes 15 minutes, right, to, to change your insurance. I've called Geico. It takes a bit more time. But we've heard 15 minutes now for about 25 years, and it is just part of the fabric of the world. They've spent millions, probably billions on advertising. So in this situation of a job interview and a job hunt, we want to be very consistent with our messaging, knowing what our audience wants to get back to what we've been saying other times, but also being making it easy for them to categorize us rather than, oh, how do I, how do I describe him? That should not be it. And if we do this, not just in our job search, but around the people, when we talk about what we're looking for, someone says, oh, I hear you're looking for a job. If we can be really specific about these things, it makes it easier for them to give us an opportunity. Oh, you know, I have a friend who is into, who's looking for someone to lead new initiatives versus, hey, I'm looking for a job in management. I can't help you if you say that to me. That is useless because I have no idea what that means. But if, if you say I'm looking for a job in management in the um, uh, supply chain sector, Oh, I got this friend, Toby, who's, who does supply chain stuff. I should connect you with him. So, Bob, I think you're, you've connected the pieces in that we want to tie in our experience, use the cover letter to tell a story that will connect not things we made up about ourselves, but really search for experiences we have either from prior jobs, volunteer experiences, and we can tell stories about how those experiences have given us tools that we're going to bring and help that company be more successful. So uh, let's take a short break here, and then we'll come back and um, take a little closer look at the resume side. Hey, Bob Graham here. Our new ebook, The 55 Soft Skills That Guide Employee and Organizational Success, is out. This ebook lists all 55 soft skills that employees and employers are using their organizations are working to harness for greater productivity and innovation. And we give examples of how they're using them in the workplaces. It's a great springboard for your career and for your organization. The ebook retails for $4.99. Because you are a loyal listener of the Serious Soft Skills podcast, we're going to make it free. 
Just use coupon code six weeks when you order it at SeriousSoftSkills.com, and it's free for you. That's right. You can download the 55 Soft Skills That Guide Employee and Organizational Success for free in the time it takes to listen to the rest of this podcast. Don't delay because this coupon code won't last forever. This is our way of showing our commitment to your success in 2018. So download it now. Hey, welcome back. We're in week three of our six weeks of serious soft skills strategy. Today, we're talking about how to put soft skills in the resume and cover letter. So we talked before the break about the cover letter and some storytelling. Bob, how about the resume? Well, the resume is harder, Toby, and, and we should acknowledge that up front. But there are ways that you can sort of get at it. So one of the things I try to do in the resume is, first of all, before we even get to soft skills, try to quantify. And I'm forever saying this to, to students. You know, they'll say, well, I helped the ice cream shop grow. By what percentage? And then they'll say, oh, we, we grew by 50% because I suggested that we be open more hours and I staffed those hours. It's like, that's a huge number. Share that. So that's a starting point. But then when we talk about soft skills, really trying to match up what they're looking for and not just saying, I do Excel spreadsheets. I'll go back to the example we keep coming back to. I do pivot tables and uh, what's the, what was, there were other two you said, VLOOKUP or something, right? Okay. Yeah, look up and H look up, the classics. Okay. I do not know what those are, I will confess. I, I, I'm, I'm going to find out this, uh, this next week, so I'm aware of it. But I think everyone who knows that skill knows that skill. But if you could say I use V lookup and H lookup and the um, pivot tables, and using that, I created a new strategy for our organization to streamline production or streamline the budgeting or improve our cost structure. Now you're onto something. So it's not, it's taking the tools and blending the tools with the soft skills to say to the, to the person looking to hire someone, hey, I have these tools, but I've applied these tools and I've made something better. I'm just trying to picture a resume, and I'm picturing those uh, either volunteer positions I've held or or job positions, and I've got you know a, 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 su a supply chain team manager, date to date, uh, this company, um, and then underneath, I think you're talking about the bullets and saying developed yes. spreadsheets using pivot tables to develop new strategy or something. So concise, strong verbs, um, and action. What result did we get? Yes, thank you, Toby, for uh, helping me do my job. You, you definitely clarified. I was sort of thinking, I think, uh, out in the clouds, and you brought us into the, the universe. And then let me give you an example. So I was thinking about a person who might not have the strongest resume, but they plan their holiday party each year. And it might be, a, they might say, oh, you know, I just planned the holiday party. But then I thought about it, and I sort of wrote something around that. And I said that, you know, you could say that you developed a shared vision for the holiday party among all employees, because if you've ever been, I've been on the holiday party committee, the date is a nightmare. Everyone wants a different date, whether you can bring spouses, the budget, what the theme is going to be, how, how many drinks do we get to have? So that holiday party may seem like a throwaway, but when you start to think about what it is to manage that, you can really get at some soft skills that will help people understand, one, that you're doing more than just the basic stuff, 
But two, I think understanding soft skills and starting to talk that language is going to be music to the ears of potential employers. And it's going to be a catalyst for separating you in a positive way from the pack. So when we look at that, there are 100 resumes and 100 cover letters. How do you be at the top of the list when they categorize them? This is one of the ways you do it. Great. And as you talked before the break about the cover letter, um, and, I, and you mentioned that it's, it's okay, you don't want to list out everything, but it's okay to say, when I was manager of, at this company, I had this experience. Then they flip to the resume and say, oh, here's when he was there. Should be a, a thread that says, when they go back and forth and say, oh, no, the job titles, oh, there's the job title he mentioned. So, Bob, before the break, you were uh, talking about the cover letter and storytelling through that to really help people articulate kind of the robustness of your experience. Not only, I, I was, you know, senior clerk, but as senior clerk, I engaged in a team. I led a team that did this and that and innovated and so forth. Um, and then so we should be able to though flip to the resume and say, ah, here's that job title. Sure enough, they were at that company for three years doing that job. And I'm thinking there's bullets underneath of there and says, ah, led team for the holiday party. The rest of the story's in the cover letter. Um, how about, Bob, I know you've, you've helped a lot of people, including myself, uh, in the resume. What are some of the key tips and takeaways that you would give people of the, not only we need to articulate those action verbs we always talk about, about manage, collaborate, lead, those strong verbs, bullets, concise. What else, Bob? Uh, spell check, spell check, spell check. A typo is a killer, and I see student resumes all the time where they're getting graded, and I see typos all the time. And what my students always say is it's hard to spell check because it's not sentences. That doesn't work. Um, one of the other things that you'll see a lot of times people put company names in bold and they'll put the job title in italics. I would flip that. We want to see the title that you had first. And then on the far right, flush right, you want to have the date. So we can scan titles on the left in bold and dates on the right in bold. And if you were at a place for nine years and three months, just put the years. We don't need the months. We don't need to know that it was from February to October. That just confuses. And now if you were at a job for maybe eight months, this tends to be more younger people. If you were at a job for just seven or eight months or even for a summer, I might put the months. But if you're up in the higher period of your career, you might not want to put the months. I would also tell you that as you get older, you might want to think about removing jobs from early in your life that may not be relevant. I worked at a pizza shop. I worked at an ice cream shop. I delivered newspapers. Those were all before I graduated from college. I do not include those in any resume. And someone might go, oh, well, but I, I worked in high school and college and they need to know that I've been working for all these years. They don't care. And the other, a couple other things, you don't need to say references provided upon request in the resume. Mm -hmm. We assume that. And some of the older people in the crowd are going to go, no, I know that's the way I was taught. It's different now. Um, another thing to do is uh, think about uh, the summary statement that you talked about in our last episode, summarizing some, some things up top. The, the high bullet, high level bullets that really categorize who and what you are in a way that they can that they can picture you and it encourages them to keep reading on. And then really shorter is better. Less is more. If, if it's if it's a job you haven't been at for 10 years, 
it should not have seven bullets and the job you're at now has only two. We want to see more bullets at more recent job opportunities because that suggests that our skills and our experience are growing and we're becoming more involved in the organizations. So we see that visual reminder that, oh, you've moved up. And then unless you're just out of college, education should really be near the bottom. We want to see where you are in your career and then we'll hunt for where you went to school. But if you put the school, if you're 42 years old and you're putting where you went to college at the top, you're telling someone that your experience is really inferior. And I think the takeaway from the person is, oh, this is the best they have. Not good enough. Because we really assume for, for most of the white collar jobs, we're really assuming that you have the college degree that's appropriate. And so you want to focus more on what you did in jobs to make a difference. Bob, that's great. I think uh, I'm going to have to dust off my resume this afternoon. I think that's the other takeaway is resumes need to be constantly reviewed and kept an eye on. And it's good to uh, I also caution people, please make sure that what you have in LinkedIn is consistent yes. with what you have in your resume. Um, I know when I get down to that short list, I will, um, you know, by going through the resumes and cover letters, maybe I'll get down to 20. I'll look those 20 up. I'll actually Google those 20. Um, the LinkedIn profile very often will come in number one on that search, which is yes. great because you can control that uh, communication. You can control what's in LinkedIn. Uh, you can't necessarily what control what somebody might have said about you on Facebook or somewhere else. So uh, you want that LinkedIn to come up quick. And I also then take the resume when I'm looking at the LinkedIn to see if there's a consistent story or if something's been removed and, and I feel like, well, hold it. What, why are they holding something back? So uh, I think that's part of it. And we'll probably uh, come back to some other job search items and LinkedIn and so forth in a, in a later episode. Yes. But for now, um, Let's wrap up episode 28 of Serious Soft Skills. Uh, you can always email us at podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com. I'd uh, love to hear some of your experiences. We've talked about our views on resumes, uh, storytelling, uh, those tough interview questions. Love to hear some of those. We could uh, probably put together some interesting documents and uh, constantly hearing about some of the questions that come up in, resume, in uh, interviews these days. Indeed. You can tweet us at RealSoftSkills. Uh, we post blogs, links to old episodes, and other information on our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com. So next week, we're going to continue on in our six weeks of Serious Soft Skills strategy. Couldn't resist throwing that in. Uh, and we're going to talk about integrating soft skills into what you tell prospective employers in a job interview. And whether that's a phone interview or a face-to-face -face interview, uh, you don't want to miss it because that's your chance to move from the written word to a conversation. And that transition is a linchpin in you moving forward in the process. So until then, thanks for listening. Good day and good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.